redundantly old. As long as I feel it, I'm pastor of this church, I'm going to keep saying it. Hell does not like this church. And hell don't like me, and it don't like you. And the only way I know you to tell you to combat the lethargy, the apathy. See, here's the thing. Paul went to Athens. I'll come teach on it another day. Just, just let me pull this excerpt out of it. But culture said, we don't want that. The society and the social classes and the way of conducting their self in a social group said, we don't want that. And if that culture in a church is contrary to the word of God and the will of God. You say, Brother Benoit, what do you mean? If everything in you tells you not to praise and worship God, that is a culture contrary to the word. Yes, yes. If the Bible says pray fervent, effectual prayer, these are things you over and over again. But the culture says that's what we like. We don't want to praise God. We don't want to be demonstrative. The downside to it is Paul declared to him God and he left Athens and did Joseph. So if culture says we don't want this, culture of a church says I don't want this, God will pick it up and move it and put it somewhere else. But if the culture of the church says, I don't care about social class, I don't care about my comfort level, I don't care about what feels good, I want everything that God's got. That's what we did in this place. The culture now says, I want everything of God that God will pour out of the windows of heaven and miracles, signs and wonders and salvation will come. because we have grace from the oldest to the youngest I love what brother Godwin said even the oldest you can wave a hand you got a vocal card you can say something the young ones you run and shout and together the old and the young praise God that's the culture that's why hell hates you and me because it's in that new culture praise worship demonstration that God extends his scepter and people get a miracle it's what takes just preaching and having church to being the church and the authority of God moves the anointing of God the, the hand and the acts of God begin to demonstrate this that is where we have to stay no matter what culture outside is I want us to pray before we go into the word of the Lord. Such a beautiful spirit is here. I want us to pray for Sister Cat. Her sugar levels are high. She's about 200 something. And uh, we need God to touch that. When she went in, the, the meds and all this stuff. You know, I thank God for doctors. But they, they just, we need to pray for them too. Sister Katie, I love them. But they can be wrong. And we need to pray that God would touch Sister Cat. And to get that medication regulated right, that she can still, she's doing good, but now here we got another sugar issue. I want to spray for her. And 
Zach, his grandmother, is she in the hospital right now? She's in ICU right now. He checks before church. And uh, we need to pray for Brother Zach's grandmother. So right now, let's lift our hands and let's ask for Sister Sister Cat. Let's lift up Brother Hayden's grandmothers also, both of his grandmothers. We need a touch of God right there. Come on, lift your hands, lift your voice. Let's begin to pray right now, Brother Zach, Brother Hayden, Sister Cat. God, right now, I'm asking you to touch these grandmothers touch their body the infirmity there god we're praying people and we believe in prayer and i believe that the prayers of your people right now are going to touch heaven for sister cat for zach's grandmother brother hayden's grandmothers that you're going to touch them right now and we'll get a report of the miraculous god i ask you for it now in the name of jesus we pray everybody say in jesus name as you make your way back to your seat got your Bibles, I want to read out of Joshua chapter 18. Joshua chapter 18. Joshua 18, starting with verse 1. Joshua 18 and verse 1. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel assembled together at Shiloh, everybody say Shiloh, and set up the tabernacle of the congregation there. And the land was subdued before them. Look at verse 2. And there remained among the children of Israel seven tribes which had not received their inheritance. Verse 3. Joshua said unto the children of Israel, How long are ye slack to go possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers has given you. According to heaven, it was already sealed. This is your land. I'm giving it to you. But the orders were, you've got to subdue what's there in order to get the inheritance. Verse 4, give out from among you three men from each tribe. I will send them. They shall rise, Joshua speaking, and go through the land. Describe it according to the inheritance of them. They shall come again unto me. They shall divide it into seven parts. Judah shall abide in their coast of the south. The house of Joseph shall abide in the coast of the north. Ye shall therefore describe the land into seven parts. Bring the description hither to me that I may cast lot for you here before the Lord our God. But the Levites have no part among you, for the priesthood of the Lord is their inheritance. And Gad and Reuben and half the tribe of Manasseh have received their inheritance beyond Jordan on the east which Moses the servant of the Lord gave them. Turn over to Joshua chapter 24. Joshua 24 verse 1. Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem. Everybody say Shechem. Not Shiloh. Very important that you take note of that. And called for the elders of Israel from the heads and from the judges and from their officers and present themselves before God. Joshua said unto all the people, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in old time, even Terah, the father of Abraham, and the father of Nacor, and they served other gods. Turn the page if you need to turn it, but skip down to verse 14. Now therefore fear the Lord, serve Him in sincerity and in truth. Put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. Verse 15, special emphasis on this one. Circle it, write it, underline it. 
If it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the God of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. Before you uh, formulate an opinion on the title, give me a chance to qualify it is all I ask. The disease of indifference. The disease of of indifference. If you would, put your Bibles down and let's just lift our hands one more time and let's just ask God to talk to us. I need the help of the Holy Ghost. Jesus, I need you to help me. You've given it to me. Now, Lord, help me convey it the way you gave it to me. My mind to be clear. I take authority over doubt, unbelief, and any witchcraft that would try to oppose and cloud the mind of your people. God, we prepared our hearts and now we're ready. Let the seed of your word, we guard that heart tonight and cover it in your blood. Let it take root and grow that a Great harvest would come from the word of God in our heart. I pray it tonight in Jesus' name. Everybody say in Jesus' name. God bless you. You may be seated. This is down the road. Book of Joshua, they have done, came, conquered much of the land. Probably some of the most interesting reading you will find in the previous chapter of 16, 17 of Joshua. All of them are good, but some very interesting uh, writings with Ephraim, Gad, and Manasseh. And he, he gives them the, the lot for them to take. Uh, in this book, you're going to find where they uh, decided not to cross over Jordan. And they wanted it on the other side of Jordan. And there they said, we will establish an altar of, of witness and not an altar of sacrifice, just to bear witness of these things. But then it goes even further, and they begin to claim the land, and Joshua begins to tell them, everything is yours, you've just got to conquer this land. You hold the key within yourself, your ability, your hunger, your desire, your passion. I noticed that in all of this, they're moving forward. Things are going great. You've got a couple little bumps along the way in the book of Joshua. As I've already mentioned the altar of witness. And there's no such thing as an altar of witness. An altar is a place of sacrifice, death, consecration. But they turned it into something it should have never been. And then uh, the claiming of the land. Ephraim, Gad, Manasseh not wanting to cross over. That was never the plan of God. He wanted them to move all into the land of Canaan. But yet even in all of these bumps, they were not major things. But, but things that you would consider should have caused them to stall. It didn't. It didn't. They kept moving forward. It wasn't them conquering thus far. It wasn't them amongst themselves. It wasn't pestilence that took over. It wasn't diseases of any other nature that came against them. They've done come out of the Red Sea. They've seen it part. They've been fed by manna. They've, they've gone through stages of lack. But yet they kept Moving forward. And now all of a sudden in all of this, it's not that that stops them. It's indifference that stops them. This is the hour we live in as the church and this is what's fighting you and I when you, when you, when you kind of, these are the abstract things I try to bring to you to help you understand. We're shadow boxing. 
We're fighting things that we don't understand what we're fighting. We're, we, you know, it, the enemy's not smart enough to come in with, 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 with uh, pigeon toes and hooves and pitchforks. And I'd love for him to walk in. And let me see you with my own two eyes. I promise you I could, I could do a good whooping on you. And many of you do the same. But many times that's not how the enemy comes against you. He's not going to come in riding on a broom like a witch. He's not going to be coming in with chicken heads and sorcery and Ouija boards per se. But if he can cause you and I to become indifferent to the things of God. I wrote down the definition indifference means lack of interest. A nonchalant attitude. Lack of enthusiasm. Passionless. I love that one. Have we ever seen the day where now passionless prayer has tried to come into the church? Passionless preaching has tried to come into the church. Let's just kind of sermonize a little bit. Let's just kind of get everybody and bump them along down the road. I'm not interested in preaching that's going to bump me and you down the road. I'm interested in preaching that's going to get me to the end of the road and get me on streets of gold into heaven. That's what. And just as much as passion in preaching, I want passion in praise and worship. And prayer and living for God. But you see, everything outside that you and I can't see is trying to make you and I passionless. God's already given us the land. Canaan is not a type of heaven. Canaan is a type of now. Authority, dominion, abiding presence of God now. But if the enemy can make you and I feel indifferent, passionless, Lack of interest. Emotionless. Come on somebody, let these things sink into your spirit. I'm trying to give you the counter opposite of what we cannot be and what the world is. Oh, oh they're, they're not passionless. They're passionate about the things of the world and the things of the world. But if there's anybody that should be passionate, it should be the church of God. Because I've been redeemed by the blood. I've been filled by his spirit. I got what the world ain't got. That should cause you and I, no matter how tired I am, no matter how weary I am, to say, I'm going to praise him. I'm going to worship him. I'm going to let heaven know I'm not going to get the disease of indifference. And if you and I are not careful, you'll be, in, you'll be infected to become indifferent toward the things of God. Watch this, casualness. How fitting all this ties in with what I talked about this morning. Somewhat casual. We just casually, as I said this morning, it's like church is a club now. It's just something we just do just to kind of occupy and there's a membership to it. Yes, I, I know all the administrative side of membership. That's not what I'm talking about. But beyond a paper membership, it's more than that. I'm part of the body of Christ and I'm not going to let church become casual. I'm not going to let singing become casual. I'm not going to let preaching become casual. But every time I come to hear the word of God, I'm going to receive it with a heart that says, this is the word that's going to save me. This is the word that's going to change me. This is the word that's going to give me an answer. (sighs) 
you know, we get inoculations for everything now. They're inoculating us against the flu, Brother Darrell. I'm not against, you know, you, you get shot up. That's okay. Do what you want to do. I, I ain't your doctor. But we get inoculation against smallpox. I got them. Some of you older ones got that big old tattoo on your arm. Look like a bunch of holes, big old round thing. About that big, I guess. I don't know. Don't show us. Keep your shirt on. I think it was polio, maybe. Is that what it was? We got inoculated. Why? Because a disease was rampant. And if that disease got a hold to you, it's going to kill you. Hello? The, the disease of indifference is just as fatal. And I don't have, I wish I could, Luke. I wish I could come and take uh, something out of my, and, and say, here's an inoculation. That's going to keep you from becoming casual. That's going to keep you from becoming passionless. I, I wish I could give you that, that thing that's going to make you just not be nonchalant about living for God. I can't. Because only you will determine whether the disease gets you or not. You say, Brother Benwell, then what's the inoculation? Let me give it to you. I've got to be the opposite of casual. I've got to be the opposite of passionless. I've got to be the opposite of nonchalant. I'm going to say it again. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I got a little excited because I'm going to church to hear something that's going to change me, that's going to help my family, that's going to help my home. But see here. We stay indifferent. So we stay with the mental strain of life. That's how I know we've already gotten a little taste of the disease. Because now we've accepted the doctor's diagnosis of it'll never change. And because we've accepted somebody else's term, I don't know if it's the group we live in. I don't know if it's the past that we have come out of. Our past says it'll never change. I don't know if it's prayers you've been praying for 30 years and you ain't seen it come to pass yet. I'm going to declare the same thing Joshua said. Don't be slack concerning the path, the possession. Let's get together. I need some men. I need some real men that know how to worship and know how to praise him and know how to magnify them because we got to scope out the land that God's already given us so the answer to my spiritual inoculation against the disease is I don't let my flesh tell me what to do my flesh says this ain't comfortable my flesh says it's not comfortable to praise God. My flesh says it's not comfortable to read scriptures on a Monday night prayer. Ain't nowhere I ever found living for God's comfortable. 
Everything I find was they suffered persecution. I'm not advocating victim mentality, but I am advocating this. The gospel ship ain't no cruise ship. The gospel ship is a ship that's gone on a destination that's heaven. It's heaven bound. And everybody on that boat has got to be on board and doing whatever they can on the ship to make sure that the whole boat gets there and that none is left behind. So you deny your flesh because the world is fleshly. The world is sensual. See, right now, everybody's thinking, well, man, here he goes. He's about to go on standards. Listen, folks, we got bigger fish to fry than standards. The world is sensual. It's perverted. It's twisted. And it's trying to get a hold of our kids. It's trying to get a hold of our young couples. And the only thing I know to tell you is fall in love with Jesus with everything you got. And you won't get the disease of indifference. If they're fleshly, then I've got to do the opposite spiritually. If my flesh says don't, I'm going to do for the things of God spiritually. Because indifference is subject to all of us, preacher included. How many times have I given you examples? I can pull sermons off the internet, memorize them by heart, and regurgitate them back to you. God didn't call us to give us regurgitated calf slobber. God called me to give a word to you at a critical time that you and I live in. And the word of the Lord is don't let the disease of indifference get a hold of you. Don't let it get a hold of you. You know how you know? Here's how you know. Whatever. Come on, somebody. It's tight, but it's right. Whatever. Whatever. That's good with the things of God and giving it to him and say, okay, God, whatever you want. But you and I both know the difference from a whatever, neck popping, finger snapping, to a whatever. There's a big difference between the two. I want to give God a whatever, but I don't want to come to the house of God and approach to him and say, whatever. In other words, God, I want to take everything that you feel is important and serious. I want to take it to heart. I don't want to let anything that the world's got to say about church or living for God to begin to infect my mind. Oh, wait, it gets, well, I'm going to say it gets better. It gets better in my opinion. He says this, the word slack, Joshua says, how long are you slack? The word slack means relaxed, disheartened, idle, and just to sit back. Now watch this. This is really cool. The word slack comes from a one word. I see the numbers in my head. But it's where we get the word Rafa with an H on the end. And the word Rafa, it means to quit, disheartened, what I just read to you. Relax, just sit back and quit. Not, not per se quit, but just you just become casual. It's just no big deal. But the root word of that is where we get the word Rafa. It's Abraham, and when he would get his revelation, Jehovah Rapha. It means to heal. 
It means to heal. It also means to heal the mind. Now I'm going to give you a little interpretation of what Joshua. Throw Joshua slack up there. Good. How long? The root word is healing of the mind. Dealing with the mind. The original word is relaxed. He's saying this. The true depth of the etymology of that word is. Something got in your mind that's made you sick and you quit. Something got in your thinking and your mind that's caused you to relax and just sit back. When God is your healer, I'm ready to show myself. He's trying to tell them, Rafi, he's pulling all the way back from Abraham and trying to tell them, did not God tell you he's your provider? He's your healer? He's your banner? He's all the above. In this case, he's the healer. And what he's trying to tell them, you're sick in your mind. But God wants to heal that so we can carry on. We can't do the job that needs to be done until healing of the mind comes to many of us. You say, oh, Brother Benwell, you're starting to sound like a psychologist. You couldn't pay me to be a psychologist. God love him. I got a dear friend that's one. God bless him. I'll send you to him. <laughs> but I, I don't understand the mind. I got my own craziness in my mind. But he's trying to tell them, you got all this before you. It's not a devil. Now watch me. While they're deliberating and kind of just relaxing and on a siesta, the Canaanites are getting stronger because unfinished business is not done. I almost, I, I prayed about this. I said, Lord, this, I, I'm not telling you what to do, but boy, if you could take my suggestion. Let me use this for watch night service. But he said, tonight, tonight. They're getting stronger. And folks, there's a, there's a, there's a mindset that's trying to get a hold of the church all over North America. And it's the spirit and disease of indifference to try to get you and I to just kind of sit back and relax and say, the preacher's going to do it, the singers are going to do it, or the few 10% spiritual ones are going to do it. I'm telling you here tonight, from the back road to the front of that wall, everybody that's got breath in his body, God needs everyone. I'm talking from you on a cane, if you're on a walker, if you're 80 years old or you're two years old. The kingdom of God is suffering violence, and the violent are going to take it by force. But I'm telling you, God will heal whatever the hang-up is in your mind, whatever the distraction is in your mind, whatever your mom and daddy did to you in your mind. God will heal it, but you got to take the step and possess. you got to possess it and not let the enemy possess you with fear. Because if you're not careful, you'll never make the step. Because in all the while, you and I are hesitating. Should I go on outreach? Should I knock on their door? Should I send a flyer? 
should I do this? Folks, we've got to reach a lost world. I know we're in southwest Louisiana and everybody in southwest Louisiana thinks they're saved. But you hear me. There's a group of people that you and I have never ran shod to. You ain't never met them before. I'm going to really dig this one down deeper. Go read that next verse. He went down into the tribes. Here's what they were trying to do. They were comfortable with them four and no more. That's not our curse here. The visitors are coming. We welcome every bit of them. But yet what happened was they had become comfortable. The seven that had not gotten the possession, they were saying, we're good. We're good eating off the table of somebody else's inheritance. I'm going to say that one more time. We're eating off of the inheritance of Brother Terry Bushnell. We're eating off of the inheritance of Brother Billy Cole. We're eating off of the inheritances of our mamas and our grandpas that have gone on before us. And God's saying, no, they conquered their Canaanites. They've conquered their people. It's time for the church to take the disease of indifference and cast it to the curb and say, I'm not going to be casual. I'm not going to be indifferent. See, I can feel it right there. I'm preaching my ever-loving guts out. I got three Baptist nods and two little hand claps. I'm trying to wake up Indian Village. This is our territory. This is our land. And nothing can stop you and I but the disease. Praise is how we're going to beat it. Worship is how we're going to beat it. Fervent effectual prayer. Faithfulness to the house of God. When your flesh says no, you say, oh yeah. When it's coming to the things of God, it's yes. And with Adam, those seven men, tribes, said I'd rather eat off of the table of everybody else's inheritance than go get it myself. Come on, some of you elder men. Have we not birthed a generation that's lazy? Not saying that about you guys. You work. We all work. But you go out in the workforce, I can't tell you how many people I've talked to. Job, employers. Come on, Brother Way. And Brother Malanga, you can tell me. You hire somebody today, three days later, they done skipped off and went to Canada. You don't know what in the world happened. They didn't tell you nothing because they got a mindset. I can do whatever I want to do. I don't need this job. I'll do another job. It's, that's indifference. There's no concern. There's no responsibility. There's no accountability. That's the disease of indifference. But you and I as the church, we can turn the tide. We can change this verdict by you and I being an example and telling the world there's a God in heaven that I'm going to serve with all of my might, with all of my strength. I'm not going to eat off of somebody else's table. God's got my own inheritance, Brother Sean. God's got something just for me. It's mine. It's not yours. It's mine. And I'm not going to take from an inheritance that's yours. You say, well, that's being kind of stingy. That's not what the scripture's talking about. What he's saying is when God has allotted something just for you, there ain't nobody can get what's just for you. 
I'm your father-in-law. I can't give you nothing other than a little trinket and here and there. I'm your daddy. I cannot give you nothing. But I tell you what, if you get this revelation tonight, I can be dead and gone tomorrow. And you understand, I'm not living on my daddy's inheritance. I got my own inheritance. And I'm going to praise God for my inheritance. I'm going to praise him because God wants to heal my mind. God wants to heal my heart. can't live off of that and they were wanting to stay with just them four or them seven it's my little club it's my little group and I'm going to pawn off of the other tribes and what they've done here's the kicker brother Bushnell here's what I find so just ignorant of them Gad and Ephraim and Manasseh they were the ones that didn't want to cross over and, and, and Moses and Joshua said, fine, have it your way. But we cannot get away from this one, this one part. Gad said no. But now flip forward to Matthew 14 and 15. Anybody ever heard of the Gadarene? That's the land of the tribe of Gad. And there were devil possessed, that man. A stronghold that even Jesus Acknowledge the fact I've got to go there because I got to break a stronghold, a stronghold that was established all the way back to the tribe of Gad that wouldn't cross over when it was time to cross over. You may tell you how to get a stronghold in your family. Don't cross over when God says go. You want to get a stronghold in the church? We don't move when God says move. But I thank God I've got a group of people under the sound of my voice that wants to move where God wants us to move. And declare the full gospel. So they were going to eat off the inheritance. I don't mean unkind. But this is my opinion. Deadbeat Gad. Gad that wouldn't move. And was more comfortable because they didn't want to fight. Mrs. Gad didn't want to fight. And they're wanting to eat off of that inheritance. Thank God for a Joshua that stood up and said, hold on people. God wants to heal your thinking. He wants to heal your mind. That you can move into these things and whatever you're fearing is not going to be feared. The battle is not yours. It's the Lord's. And they, they got up. They responded. They moved. But then Joshua kicks in. And I'm about done. Dylan... The Bible says in Joshua 18, Dad, I love this scripture. The tabernacle was in Shiloh. You need a haircut. Whew. I'll loan you some or I'll take some. The tabernacle was in Shiloh. Brother Bushnell, Joshua got all the people together. The edict, the command went from Shiloh. Great. It's where it should come from. The word, the command, it all comes from the temple, the tabernacle, the church, the house of God. Everybody got it. 
They go through. They start conquering. They start doing. They list all the people. The Levites, Joseph. Levites don't get nothing. They got to live off of what the people give. And you move on and on. And Joshua, Joseph and the other tribes. And finally we come to Joshua's close. Lexi, if you're back there, I can't see. But Joshua 24 and 1. And now Joe, Joshua is closing. His days are closing. Conquering has been done. They've gotten the land, Brother Langley. And the Bible says, Joshua got them all together at Shechem. Why? Why not Shiloh? Why wouldn't you get them all to church? Because the thing that infected them, that he was able to remedy them of, indifference, slack, synonymous. It happened, they responded at the church, it all went great, they conquered. But when it come time to close out, his parting words to them was, meet me in Shechem. Because Shechem was the place, Genesis chapter 12, Abraham got his first revelation and promise from God in Shechem. Not only did Abraham get the promise in Genesis 12, Jacob also at Shechem, Genesis 33, 35, both of them, specifically 35, that Jacob began to take his family. Here's his parting remark. It's about conquering, yes. It's about taking the promises of God, yes. But when he closes his last remarks, he refers back to Abraham and Jacob. And Jacob, Genesis 35 says, Jacob took his family and stripped them of their earrings, stripped them of their gold, and took everything they had and buried it under an oak tree in Shechem as a mark of sacrifice unto the Lord, saying, what I possess does not matter. What I own does not matter. Because really at the end of the day, the disease of indifference is dealt with in your home. I can preach, Sister Debbie, till my aorta pops. And it will do no good if the disease gets into your house. I can't inoculate you. I have no cure for indifference. Brother Bush, now I have nothing that I can do other than the foolishness of preaching. It's going to save you. But once you got it in your house, you got to get it out and Joshua was reminding them in one of, of, of this chapter saying I took them to Shechem to remind them we got rid of it in 18 indifference slackness casualness passionlessness we got rid of it there but it's really dealt with in Shechem when we go back to what got us to where we are, 
what God is here. Billy Cole, Brother J.T. Pugh, Brother Merle Ewing. These men, Brother T.W. Barnes, G.A. Mangan. Some of you don't even know who they are. Young couples, you ain't even heard of these names, but you hear me. They got their inheritance. And I'm telling you tonight is the bridge between that generation and your generation tonight. You've got an inheritance that God's promised to you. And I'm declaring here to you that the, the disease of indifference is going to come to your home. It's going to come to your kids. But it's up to you to bring them back to you. You need to bring them to the house of God. Bring them to Shiloh. Let them hear a preacher preach this red hot gospel apostolic message. But when the day is ending and Monday and Tuesday, you got to bring them back to your house and say, I've heard it said, I don't know why we do what we do as apostolics. Why don't women cut their hair? Why don't we dress? Why do we dress the way we dress? These questions should be answered in the home. It's not the preacher's job. It's the saints. It's all of our job to be able to answer these questions to our kids in our home. Because if I can't give an answer, be instant in season, out of season. We put that for preachers. Be instant in season. You may be called on. Let's bring it down to a mom and a daddy. What you going to do when little Junior or little Sally walks up and says, Mama, why do I have to do this? Everybody else can. You better have a passionate, red-hot answer to battle that indifference or you're going to find them lost in a secular world. If you don't have a passion... And a desire and a fire and a nonchal opposite of nonchalant. You have an attitude that says, I'm going to give them an answer to fight that indifference that's coming against my home. That's a preacher's responsibility. That's not true. You have been infused and filled with the holy presence of God. He'll give you an answer when you don't have an answer. He'll give you a touch in your mind when you don't know what to do. Why? It's Rafi. It's time to be healed. It's time for you and I to conquer. But let's go to Shechem and close it out. And Abraham got his promise. Jacob consecrated his family at Shechem. Now, Joshua, I had a bunch of other scriptures, Acts, I could have gave you, talks about the heart, it all dovetails with what happened this morning, but go to Joshua 24 and 14, 24, 14, so he brought them to Shechem, and here's the close, musicians come, sister, Lisa, sister, Ashley, y'all come, I'm done, now, therefore, fear the Lord, serve him in, what? What's the opposite of sincerity? Indifference. Insincere. Go through the motions. Folks, there's no church on the planet that's exempt. I could talk to, I promise you, I've talked to a few, I don't want to say the names, but big men in Pentecost, brother. Brother Bushnell, pastor in churches, they retired now, going on. But the, the, the indifference is, was in their churches. It don't matter how many conferences you preach as a preacher. Indifference is everywhere. But it's in your home and my home that we deal with. I've got to fear the Lord. I serve Him. Sincerity in truth. I put away the things that have separated. Things that my old grandpa, my mom, my dad, my family. Anything that separated me 
from the thing. I got to put it all away. Because my inheritance is mine. And if I'm going to possess it, I'm going to have to do. What's that old saying? You do the crime, you're going to do the time. Well, we ain't doing the crime, but we got to do the time to get the inheritance. And he says, next verse. You ever wonder where this come from? Why did Joshua say this? I just preached to you 45 minutes worth of why that scripture is valid. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We quote that, but we never really meant what he meant. Here's what he meant. If I want the, doctor, the disease of indifference not to get a hold of my family, I've got to let it start at my house. And if I let it start in my home, I pray fervently. Let my kids hear me pray. Let them hear me quote these scriptures. If I'll do the part, do what God's asking of me, that indifferent spirit will not get a hold of them kids. Listen, folks, I told somebody the other day, I raised my kids in San Francisco. I raised them where they wouldn't even, one of those teachers, homosexual, wouldn't even do the Pledge of Allegiance. He wouldn't do anything respectful, defiant to the flag. My kids were in this setting. Her, her friends, if, if Natalie was here, she'd tell you some of the things that she heard in San Francisco, folks. Thousand plus kids. And I, can look at, I looked at that going, oh my Lord, I'm going to lose my kids. Trying to build a church in San Francisco with Brother Morgan. Trying to witness to people that they look at you like you fell out of a tree. You think it's hard in southwest Louisiana. Try witnessing to some of these people that come from different countries. That Buddha and Confucius and all these Hindu gods. But yet through it all. I maintained in my house, Brother Roger. A position that said. Did I know all the scriptures? No. Did I have understanding of them? No. I took what I had. And I applied it to them. And if God can do that for some kids with a man that didn't know what in the world he was doing, I think God will do it for our church who many of us know what we're doing now. What do you say we take the disease of indifference and push it far away and declare tonight, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Stand with me. I said this morning, even Jesus didn't get 100%. I know that under the sound of my voice tonight, the enemy will wreak havoc with many, mind and heart, make you feel regretful of mistakes you did yesterday. But I can't tell you enough. I can't emphasize stress, literally to the point of begging and saying this. Whatever you did yesterday, we all made mistakes. But it's what happens today that's going to affect tomorrow I can undo some things that I did by making the right decision today saying this Lord as for me and my house there, my kids are gone it don't matter they're still part of your house my kids are gone out of the house and I still they're part of my they're my house now I've got an extended house so I declare over every individual here tonight and if you feel the same way, declare it with me. Lift your hands. As for me, I don't want to live off of somebody else's inheritance. As for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. I think of all these babies 
we got Roman and I mean so many brand new babies unexpected coming more, 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 more babies coming as for me and my house as for the house of Indian Village we're going to serve the Lord with all of our heart and not let the disease come on if you feel that way tonight why don't you come with me to the front come on let's all come together come on this is family night Sunday night to every night family night family night this is where you join with your family daddies husbands grab your wife grab your kids if you're here alone find somebody to yoke with brother Adam Grab them, Jimmy. Y'all join hands together. Find somebody. Brother Sean, grab your sister. Grab their hand. Nobody by themselves. Then grab a hand of somebody and lift that to heaven. As for me and my house, I'm not going to let the disease of indifference get a hold of me. I'm not going to let some stagnation get a hold of me. But I'm going to use my strength. I'm going to use my energy. I'm going to use my sharp mind, what's left of it. And I'm going to give it all to God tonight. In the name of Jesus, come on, lift your voice. Lift your voice tonight. Let heaven hear your declaring.